0: Turn with me this morning, please, to the Book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Master. Where'd that handkerchief go to? What did I do with that? There it is. There it is. This is. A, let's pray over this real quick. Uh, this is a handkerchief about somebody who's uh, in a real situation. Uh, from now on, let's have all these up on the podium for me. At the same time, I pray for everybody else. Uh, as a church, if you want to bring a cloth, you can do that to take back to somebody else. Uh, have it here before time and they'll, ushers will have it up on the podium while we're praying for everybody else and while the anointing is here I'll lay hands on it, we'll release faith but for right now reach your hands out toward this one Father Yeah, yeah, make sure your names are on the cloth and you'll only take back the one you brought up Father in the name of Jesus we pray for this Uh, and we ask, Lord, that your anointing go into this cloth and you're a miracle-working God and what you've done for these other people with their brains and these other things, you'll do for this individual. When When this cloth comes in contact with them, let your anointing flow into them and drive out disease and drive out sickness and effect a healing or a cure in them. Raise them up, Lord, and get glory to yourself and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 3, are you there? Glory. Well, we took a little extra time this morning, but that's all right. I'm... <laughs> I think anybody would have time for that. <laughs> Hebrews 3 and verse 12. Before we read, let me just pray a little bit further here. Father, give everybody eyes to see and ears to hear. And just what we need to receive this morning, we're agreeing together, is touching this thing. Speak to your people and help us to speak as the oracles of God. Thank you for utterance and anointing. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews 3 and 12. He says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Notice verse 13, that first phrase, especially, exhort one another daily. Does anybody have a translation other than the King James? What does yours say instead of saying exhort? Huh? Encourage. Right? Encourage. Yeah. Admonish. Encourage is a good word. If you look it up, you'll find that it has the meaning of both exhort and the word console, consolation, comfort, exhortation, which you see a lot in the King James. We'd probably today use the word encourage. You don't see the word encourage really in the whole New Testament, but you do see this word exhort. There's even a ministry of exhortation. Well, if somebody gets up and exhorts the people, what are they doing? They're encouraging them. Amen. Spurring them on. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Encouragement. I want to talk about you being a son of encouragement. That's a Bible phrase that we'll get to here in just a minute in Hebrews the tenth chapter just turn over a couple of chapters look in chapter 10 10 verse 23 Hebrews 10:23. Said, let us hold fast the profession or confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful. That promised. Amen. 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 Well, I'm so glad that I kept on saying for five years. Somebody's gonna come give us one-time offering, hundred thousand dollars. It's happened twice now. <laughs> In less than a week? <laughs> Here's the next question now. What are you saying? Amen. That's too quiet. I said, Amen. what are you saying? Are you saying anything? Yes. Well, now, Brother Keith, you're a preacher and people see you. and no- hey, These are not preacher principles. These are not preacher verses. Amen. What are you saying? You don't have to say it's going to be in an offering, but whatever your area is and wherever your faith is, you can say, I'm gonna have a one time sale. Ten thousand dollars, twenty or maybe for you it might be five hundred thousand, might it might be three million, I don't know, but whatever is where your faith is at, I'm gonna have a one time contract. Five million dollars. Hm? Or ten. I don't know where you're at, but I'm asking you a question. What are you saying? Well, Brother Keith, that's way out beyond where. Oh, great. I'm going to have a one-time week. $1,000 profit. Hmm? $200 profit. Whatever it is. Well, how could that come? You don't have to figure out how it's going to come. You just need to say it. And hold fast your confession of faith without wavering. I don't care if if like me if it takes five years. Hmm? Amen. Keep saying it. Say it and expect it. Say it and expect it. Say it and expect. If you're selling cars, you can say, I'm gonna have a ten car week. Amen. We'll sell ten cars in one week. It's what Phyllis did. You know, when we first started in the ministry, Phyllis was working in doctor's offices. I was working in the ministry. I, was, I wasn't I was getting a salary. I was just sowing all my time, 40-plus hours a week. I did that for three years. And uh, But it was right. And Phyllis had a, a job. She's working at the doctor's office. And uh, uh, she got bonuses for new patients. Everything above 10 new patients, she got a bonus. So, what'd you start saying? Well, one, five a week, 10 a week. Yeah, five new patients a week she began to claim. Amen. Then she began to claim 10. 10. What'd you get up to? Got, to we <laughs> got up to 76 new patients in a week. She was getting some honking bonus checks, man. But that's where she put her foot. Fa- I mean, I guess people just be driving down the road and whip in there, not know why. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> These are not preacher scriptures. They're believer scriptures, right? I said, what are you saying? You need to be saying something, believing something in your area. Hmm. I'll have 30 new calves this season. Hmm? I'll get X amount, I'll get X amount of profit per calf. Wherever your faith is at, right? And be faithful and stay with it and the Lord is faithful. Now keep reading down in verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. What does it mean to provoke each other? Now, see, that's a strong word. We usually think of that in a negative sense. But you can provoke somebody in a good way. Can't you? What does that mean? Stir them up? Hmm? Yeah? Excite them? Right? Keep reading. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Even in that day, people laid out and didn't go to church. (laughs) There's nothing new. And you hear people all the time, well, you know, I just believe that I can sit here at the house and watch the preachers on TV and listen to the radio and read my books and be just as good a Christian as you or anybody else. Well, then you don't believe the Bible. Because the Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Yeah, you can pray and hear from God. Yeah, you can get fed and blessed at home. You need to be. You ought to be. But we need the camaraderie. We need the unity. We need to come together. It'll spur, we'll spur each other on. Amen. Keep reading what it goes on to say. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but as the manner of some is, but doing what? Exhorting. Exhorting. What is your NIV and all those things? Encouraging one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You're supposed to be encouraged when you come to church. Amen. Amen? Amen. You're supposed to leave encouraged. Amen. Everybody say Encouraged. encouraged. And with that same encouragement that you receive and go out with, you're supposed to encourage other people on Monday morning at the job. Amen. Amen. Tuesday afternoon uh, at the grocery store or at the filling station or wherever it is, you're supposed to be full of encouragement. And then God using you to encourage other people. Are you a son of encouragement? That's men as well as ladies. Now, we're all called sons in the Scriptures. Are you a son of encouragement? Yes. I want you to be. God wants you to be. Go back to the book of Acts, please, and see where this phrase comes from. Acts chapter 4. See, what if you'd have laid out of church this morning? You'd have missed this encouragement. Right? Of the Lord moving and meeting needs. Oh, you'd have heard about it. You could have got the tape. But you know it's not the same. I said, you know it's not the same as being there. Thank God for tapes. But it's not the same. Hmm? And if tapes were the same, then we could just have a tape church. I could just stay home and tape it. And send, every, send all y'all a tape. In the mail, and y'all could stay home, sleep on Sunday morning. Would it be the same? It's not the same. can't be the same. Some things you just got to be there. You're not going to get the same unless you are there. Right? In Acts, the fourth chapter, this is part of where we said in verse 34, when it said, well, verse 33 said, Great power. With great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them all. This is Acts 4.33. Verse 34, Neither was there any among them that lacked. How many was hurting in the church there? There are thousands of people in this church. I mean, they're having 3,000 people saved in a day. You remember that? And the Lord is adding to the church daily, such as should... I mean, this church probably at least 10, 20, 30,000 people by now. Huge. And how many broke folks in the church there? (laughs) Do you believe that? You can read the Bible, can't you? Neither was there what? Any among them them that lacked. lacked. Can God do it again? He's doing it right here in, in Branson. I guarantee you that he's doing it right here in Faith Life Church. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the prices of the things that were so. People were selling houses and, and their places, and don't feel sorry for them now, because when you sow, what happens? You reap. When you sow a house, what happens? You reap houses. When you sow a piece of property, what do you reap? Properties. Hmm? And it's sad they came and gave their house. I can't feel sorry for somebody that had a $50,000 house and they sowed it and 10 years later they had a vacation home in Florida and they had a house up in the mountains and they had a $500,000 house with houses. I can't feel sorry for somebody like that. How you know it's that way? Sowing and reaping is that way. If you don't believe it, you need to read again. And it said, verse 36... Josephs, who by the apostles were surnamed Barnabas, which be, is being interpreted what? Son of, son of consolation, King James says. What does your NIV and others say? Son of encouragement. <laughs> the son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, had land. He sold it and he brought the money and he laid it at the apostles' feet. It must have stirred up the whole church. I said, it must have stirred up the whole church. You know, they were so stirred up, Ananias and Sapphira wanted to try to act like they did that. And lied to the Holy Ghost and both fell dead in a day. You know, I asked the Lord one time, I said, Lord, you're a merciful God. I mean, this Help me to see how this was so severe that it couldn't be tolerated. A moment longer. Judgment. Because I'm telling you, these people bringing up these $1,000 and these $500 and these $20 in the offering and these 100000 these things are precious and holy to the Lord. Did you hear me? Any preacher with any sense would not dare touch it. Did you hear me? And any member with any sense would not dare try to lie about it or be a hypocrite or false because to God these things are holy. It's not Keith and Phyllis or the church that receives this. The Lord Jesus receives this and has a permanent eternal record of it. These things are holy. Holy. That's why when these guys, and God, God was moving. You understand this? In the whole church, things like this were popping and happening. And everybody's needs were, everybody's needs were being met. The churches and all the individuals and all the families and all the ministries, everybody was just doing really good. And these guys jump up in the middle of it and go and lie to the Holy Ghost and act like they're giving all with all their heart. And it was intolerable to the Holy Ghost judgment came. These things are holy, aren't they? They're important. But Barnabas was called the son of consolation. Go with me over to the 11th chapter. Acts 11. Acts 11 in verse 21. This gives you an insight into Barnabas. Even after this, he—how did, how was he such a son of encouragement that day? By his giving, is that right? There are numerous ways to encourage. On that day, he encouraged the whole church by his giving of property. Now, read in, in Acts 11, verse 21: "The hand of the Lord was with them." And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. And then tidings of these things came to the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth the Son of Encouragement. (laughs) That he should go down as far as Antioch. And when the Son of Encouragement came and he saw the grace of God, he was what? People whose hearts are right are always glad when other people are blessed. When God's using other people. Amen. If your heart's right. You know I tell you I despise. I believe God despises. All this competitiveness. In the body of Christ. Ministries. Churches. Christians. Think they're competing against each other. I even heard a world famous preacher. When I won't call his name. Say one time. He said well we're all competing for that same Christian dollar. That is abominable. There is no competition in the body of Christ. We're all on the same team. We're all on the same family. There are not too many churches. There's not too many ministries. There's not too many outreaches. The Bible says the harvest is great. And the laborers are few. It's amazing how people can get into this, this confused state of thinking that we're all struggling trying to get the same little handful of people when there's billions of people who don't know God. That's ignorant, isn't it? No. We need more churches, more ministers, more ministries, more, a lot more. We ain't scratching the surface on some of these things. Most of the world does not know God. We ain't talking about half. We're talking about a lot more than that. We like to think that we're the majority. Look at the figure sometime. See what percentage of the world population Christians are. It'll be an eye-opener to you. Say it out loud. There's no competition. See, that's, that's deception. That's confusion. When you see God using somebody, God blessing somebody, God gave somebody a car, paid off their house, what should you do? You should shout. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Barnabas, this wasn't Barnabas' church, Barnabas' church, this wasn't his ministry in place, but when he came down there and he saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted, he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave and hold on to the Lord, for he was a good man. Everybody say good man. What is part of being a good man or a good woman? Son of encouragement. Amen. You're glad when other people are blessed. And you encourage them to stay with it and go on. He was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost And full of faith and much people was added to the Lord. (laughs) Everybody say encourager. 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 I know years ago Phyllis and I were believing for a car. We weren't trying to believe for a new one at that point. Just a good used one. That's where our faith was at. And uh, I'm telling you the Lord blessed us with a nice used car. And we drove, I pulled it up to the place where I was ministering every day. And one of my helpers came out. He said, what's this? What's this? And I said, it's a car the Lord's blessed us with. He said, that's your car? I said, yeah. Man, he ran. He shouted. He jumped a lot more than I did. (laughs) And he stopped and put his hands on the fenders. He said, this your car? I said, yeah. He said, oh, glory. And he ran off and took it again, took a run again. (laughs) A lot more than I did. He was glad about my blessing. And he slowed down. He said, I'm glad you got it. He said, but there's another thing. He said, I'm in the same blessing line you're in. <laughs> he said, I'm a few paces behind you. I got started later than you did, but I'm coming right behind you. And he said, what the Lord's done for you, he's doing for me. And he had it to it. It came to pass just like that. But you watch it. Somebody who sees somebody else get blessed and go, Hmm. you know there's been times I've had the Lord check me you know when God does something good for you what do you want to do you want to tell somebody right you want somebody to shout with you but there's been numerous times I'd go to tell something to somebody and the Lord check me uh uh don't don't tell them why because he knew they wouldn't be happy and sometimes even though they say something different it's not in their heart you tell them they go oh praise God happy for you they're envious they're jealous Hmm? and if that's the way you are you are cutting off your own blessing if you can't be happy for somebody else then you're not believing for yourself no matter what you call yourself doing well i'm making confession i don't care faith works by love and love is happy to see the other man blessed Love would rather you get it. Amen. Amen. If we had to pick, love would rather you had it than me. Amen. But thank God we can all be blessed. Yes. Amen. We can all have it. Amen. Son of encouragement. Everybody say that. When he saw the grace of God, he was glad and he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave, hold on to the Lord. The word discourage from the Hebrew and the Greek and all. It means to cut off, to cut short. It means to neutralize. Did you know you could be used of the enemy to neutralize somebody's faith? Hmm? He said to break down, the definition said to break down by confusion or fear. To discourage means to cause to faint, to cause the heart to melt, to dishearten. This one says, this definition says to discourage means to hinder, to hold back, to frustrate. Has anybody ever been used of the enemy to discourage you? You don't have to hold up your hand. You don't have to testify. (laughs) But do you remember any situations where you were trying to believe something and and other folk tried to discourage you, tried to talk you out of it, tried to tell you why it's not for us nowadays, why it can't work for you, for where you're at, with what you're doing? Have there been any times when you let it get to you? You let it work. And you begin. You were excited, but after talking to them, you lost your fire. Hmm. Now you know. I know we have our own church people this here this morning. We have some guests as well. But let me encourage you now. Do not go to a church, and do not listen to preachers that rob you of your faith. Hmm. Don't go to a church and put money in and they tell you it's not God's will for you to be healed. Don't go to a place. Don't, don't go to meetings and sit down and listen to people. Let them tell you that God doesn't answer prayer. He doesn't do miracles anymore. All that's passed away. Discourage you from your vision and your faith. I'm telling you, you can't afford that. You need all the encouragement you can get in your faith. Amen? Amen. Not only that, don't run with people. Don't fellowship with people. Don't spend a bunch of time with people. Eating out and going places and doing things with people that's always pulling you down. In your faith, always poor-mouthing. Always talking doubt and unbelief and fear and how this is not going to work and this is not going to work and you can't do this and uh, no, that ain't going to work for you. You don't need to hear that. You can't afford to hear that. You know, I worked in healing school for years and it's one of the most obvious things in that area, I'd work with somebody sometimes for a week, sometimes for two and they'd come in and just be at death's door and in a week's time be 80% improved. Sometimes two weeks' time be 90% improved. I mean, just a marked difference. I mean, anybody could tell God has done something for them. They go home and spend a week with their family and come back and look like they never even had any progress. There's some people, I mean, it sounds harsh, but there's some people I just knew if I can't get them away from their family, they're going to die. Now, they loved them. Yeah, they did. But all they do every time they see them is cry, cry and talk about them dying, cry and talk about how this is incurable. You can't afford that when your life is on the line and you're supposed to be believing God to live and not die. You just get up some days and you know I can't be around Ain't Many today. <laughs> I can't be around Sister Mildred today. Hmm? I can't be around Uncle Bob. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Have enough sin. Don't think, well, I'm strong in my faith. It ain't going to matter. It does matter. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much word you think you got in you. You cannot be around the stuff night and day, night and day, and it not wear on you. You remember Jesus sometimes when he'd go into a place, like when Jairus' daughter, after she had died, and he got to that place, and they're all wailing and crying. You remember that? crying and he said what y'all all all crying for she's not dead she's just sleeping and they all laughed him to scorn they said yeah and you crazy he said yeah and i want all of you out of here (laughs) didn't he he made all of them leave ran the whole bunch out of there and only took three of his own into the room is that right why would you do that? Because in a time like that, you don't need any unbelief around you. You don't need anybody talking fear and statistics and why this can't happen. Either faith or get out of the room. Is that right? I'm talking about Jesus' example. Amen. And you, you'll learn as you, as you operate in faith for a while that there's a lot of people you should not tell them what you're believing for. There's a lot of people you shouldn't tell them you're dealing with a thing. Because all it'll do is hinder you. You can just tell them. And sometimes they say, why didn't you tell me what's going on? You say, well, I just wanted to give you the good report. But you know, if you'd have told them, they'd have just called you and cried over the phone every other day. Did you hear me? And I, people love you and they mean well, but they're just full of fear and full of unbelief. And you don't need that. When you're trying to stand. And they can be mad if they want to, but it's your life. It's your body. It's your bills that need to be paid. Amen. Oh, but on the other hand, you should belong to a good church family where people are full of faith and where you know you can tell them anything and they'll sit down and look at you and smile and go, I don't care what they said, God will heal you. Amen. I don't care how bad it is, how big the need is, God can meet that need. Somebody that'll encourage you. Encourage you. Not discourage you. Not make your heart faint. But encourage you. Somebody say encourage. The word encourage literally means to strengthen. Boy, I like that, don't you? You ever felt weakened after talking with somebody? Sometimes professionals bless their heart. (laughs) And I know why. I mean, take for instance doctors in the medical profession. I thank God for them. I love them. But sometimes they just flat get into areas that's none of their business. Hmm? Just because you're a doctor and you know something about the body does not mean you know a thing about faith. Hmm? Amen. And, and, and doctors with experience have enough sense to know that there's people that you think would have lived that died. And people that you think should already been dead, and, and here they are three months later doing better. There's some things that you can't explain under the microscope. Did you hear me? And so it's fine for a professional to look at you and say, Well, this is the situation, and naturally, this is the way it would go, and naturally, there's no, we don't have any cure. We don't." But you don't look at them and tell them, You have to die. Hmm? You're not the giver of life. Right? There's some folk that just really get out of their place. And it's because they don't know any better. How I many of you can have five degrees and in some areas be totally ignorant? You might know some things in one area, but that do not mean you know everything. Amen. And sometimes professionals, they see the negative, they see the bad side, and maybe the last 20 cases they saw, that's exactly the way they went. That does not mean you know everything. And how many know that Jesus said, All things are possible to him that believes. Amen. Amen. But sometimes in hearing some negative reports, boy, the longer you hear it, after a while, you're just thinking, Boy, i got to get out of here and hear some preaching. i got to get out of here and get my faith buddy. Amen. So, you know, I have faith buddies. Brother Copeland's a faith buddy of mine. He has faith in certain areas that encourage me. The other day, I mean, he's my airplane faith buddy. He helped me when I didn't have enough faith to believe for a propeller. He said, I was down there, he said, get up in my airplane and make airplane noises. So I got up in his and held onto the yoke and spit on the windshield. He said, get used to the feel of that. Huh? That was when I couldn't, you know, couldn't have bought a tank of gas for one of them. Well, now we're on our third one. Amen. Amen. Started in 96 with this. That ain't long. And I was just down there a couple of weeks ago, and in his new jet, he said, Come here, you need to get in this. (laughs) I said, Yes, sir. He sat down in the right seat. He said, You can get over there in the left. Left is the driver's seat. I sat down there in the left seat. He said, "Turn that switch on." I turned it on. He said, "Turn that one on." I turned that. He said, "See what this does." He about an hour. He told me about all the stuff. Why? He's want me to get that vision inside me so that I can see me in something like that. That's a faith buddy. Amen. Ain't a faith buddy. Somebody has something and then they act like you can't have it. Sometimes people don't say it, but they act like it. Well, yeah, but you know, you ain't the place I am. They don't say it, but it comes across. Hmm? But no, a good man, a good woman will be glad about your blessing and will encourage you. And when God does something for them, they'll say, hey, you sit down in my new car. Sit down in there. You like that? God will give you one better than that. Yes. Amen? Amen? Here, try this ring on. You like that? Look how that looks on your head. It looks good on you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I know a buddy of mine. Just yesterday, he uh, he was wanting a motorcycle, so I took him over to my my place and I put him on my custom. Uh, and I put my jack, put my leather jacket on him, and I said, "You ride this down the road." He went down the road. He come back. He was grinning from ear to ear. He said, "That thing's got some power." I said, "Yes, it does." I said, "You need this." I said, "You just keep that jacket on." And here's a cap. I sent him home with the jacket on. So he'll think about motorcycles all week. And he'll have one for you, know it too. How many know what I'm talking about? Everybody say faith buddies. faith buddies. You need faith buddies. People that'll encourage you in your faith. People that have more faith than you do. That are doing things out beyond where you are. Don't be intimidated. Be encouraged. Amen. Amen. That you can come to that place. Go with me back to the book of Numbers. Numbers, the 32nd chapter. Is this okay this morning? Yeah. Numbers, that's in the Old Testament. 32. I tell you what, we have some encouragement in here this morning. I can feel it. Feels good, don't it? God deliver us from these negative folks wanting to cry and feel bad. No, let's shout. Shouting's more fun. Amen. Being happy is more fun. We don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to be depressed ever. That was weak. You don't. You don't have to be depressed ever. You don't have to be. Even when it looks bad and it feels bad, that's when faith comes in. Amen. Amen. You can shout anyhow. Numbers 32 and verse 7. This is talking about when the second generation of the Israelites... No, excuse me. first, First generation that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage. You remember, we're going to read about it more in just a minute, but how they took those 12 spies and they sent them into the land and they spied out the land and they brought back a report... And in Numbers 32 and verse uh, 7, he said, Wherefore discourage you the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. And when they went up into the valley of Eshcol and they saw the land, they did what? They discouraged the heart Of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. Did what they tell the people, did it make any difference? How much difference did it make? The difference between them enjoying what God planned for them and not. Friends, we need to be cautious about this. So many times during the course of your day, you come across people who are being severely tempted to give up. They're being tempted to quit. And, and it's not always obvious by looking at them that this is their case. But they may be just on the brink of throwing in the towel and, stop, and just giving up and saying, Well, you know, that ain't going to happen. Just forget that. And what comes out of your mouth can make the difference. Sometimes you don't think your words are that important, but I'm telling you, people listen more to what you say than you think. And sometimes they could just be on the brink, and you just saying a passing negative thing could just be the straw that broke the camel's back, and they could just quit and give up. And you'll be responsible for that too. The Scripture says that every, with every idle word, we'll give an account. That has to do with things we just say and don't think about what we're saying. But if it has a negative impact on somebody and it helps cause them to give up and cast their confidence away, we'll have to give an account for that. Oh, but if they're about to quit, and we gave them a good word. Amen. amen, Amen. And instead of quitting, they stayed hooked and they stayed with it and they did the right thing and they got the results. You'll get a part of that reward too. Every day. With everybody that you meet, what you going to do? Amen. Be an encourager of the brethren. But now, you know, you got to do it right. Because sometimes people come to encourage and stay to torment. Yeah, they came supposed to be to help and just stay to harass. They didn't mean to. They'd never call it that. But that's what it amounts to. In Job, don't turn there, but you remember that? Job's friends came to see him, to help him out. You remember that? Bible says they came to comfort him. Did he feel like that after a while? No. Oh, yeah, they came to help him. Poor brother Job. He's in a bad way. Let's go help him. Let's go comfort him. This is what he said about him. Job said, I have heard many things like this, you miserable comforters. <laughs> He said, Will your long winded speeches never end? <laughs> what ails you that you keep on arguing? Amen. See, what were they doing? They were trying to be spiritual. Yeah. Hmm? And they were trying to explain to him why all this bad stuff happened to him. They're preaching to him or at him. Yeah. Hmm? You know, boy, that has brought such a reproach on the church and the ministry and the things of God. I remember sitting across from a man, bless his heart, this man loved God. His wife loved God. And they were used of God. Real strong ministers. And his wife had gone home to be with the Lord. She died from a sickness. And he and I I took him to lunch and wanted to spend a little time with him. He and I were sitting down and... uh, we talked a little bit i could tell he's hurting and finally he looked at me and some young whippersnapper ministers had come to see him supposed to, supposed to comfort him and he said you know he said uh, um, he said they come and said that what's wrong is she didn't have enough faith and if she had enough faith she'd still be here and he looked at me with tears in his eyes He said, I didn't know anything else to do. And it made me aggravated at those guys. Even if that were true, I don't know that it was. Even if it was, this is not the time for it. She's already gone home to be with the Lord, right? right? How many of us know what I'm talking about? This is ignorance. He looked at me with tears in his eyes. He said, that didn't help me. That didn't bless me. I said, I'm sorry. I said, that's not the I said, they I think they were wrong. I said, the exciting thing is she's in heaven with Jesus. <laughs> she ain't hurting now. Amen. And, and the exciting thing is, it won't be long. I know it seems long, but it won't be long. You'll see her again. Y'all will be The Bible said. Comfort one another with these words. You remember that? What it talked about, the resurrection and us being reunited and no more pain and dying and crying. That's what you do. But so many times you don't need to say anything. Don't think you've got to preach to everybody, you see, especially when they're going through a rough time. A lot of times people are in no mood to hear a sermon, they just don't want to hear that. They're hurting. And a lot of times just being there, just being there. There have been times I've flown all the way across the country to show up and I'm a preacher. I, I know scriptures. I could quote things. But I stayed there all day and I don't think I said three or four words. I just sat beside them. Amen. Put my hand on their shoulder. Let them cry on mine. Amen. And if you did say something, make sure it was positive. Amen. Uh, in uh, Turn with me to the book of, book of Acts here. Hold your place there in Numbers. I think we'll, we'll come back. But in the book of Acts, you really see this. This ministers to me. You know, sometimes just a phrase, if you don't watch it, you'll just read by it, but there's a lot of meaning in it. In Acts, the 28th chapter. Let me me talk to you briefly about how to encourage and strengthen other people. I've already gotten into some of it. But number one, you can pray for them without saying a word to them. Ephesians 3.16, don't turn there, you're going to Acts. But Ephesians 3.16 talks about praying that, that they would be strengthened with might by God's Spirit in their inner man. That's more specific, it does more good than just going, Oh, God, help them. Oh, God, you know. Well, no, be specific. When somebody's weak, they need to be strengthened, don't they? Pray that scripture for them. Ephesians 3.16 Lord, I'm asking you to call their name. I'm asking you to strengthen Mary. I'm asking you to strengthen Joe. I'm asking you to strengthen Tom with strength by your spirit in their inner man. And when you pray it, expect it to happen. How many believe the Holy Ghost can come right up in them? Amen. Amen. And they might have felt so bad and so lousy, but he can just stand up on the inside of them and strength come up into them. I've seen people, it's amazing. You you could see it on the countenance of their face after praying this. Within just a few minutes, they were laughing. (laughs) They were a changed person. It can happen in a matter of minutes. Pray for people. Pray in faith. Pray specific. Then secondly, we've already touched on this. There are numerous occasions where you just need to be there. Sometimes you can pick up a phone and just call and encourage people but there are times when your physical presence can really make a difference in somebody's life in acts 28 are you there i know it's it's going a little bit long today but on another note it's not that long but we 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 took a little extra time in the beginning do you want me to short you in the message right now or I'll, I'll endeavor not to take too much time. But hang with me just a few minutes here. Uh Acts 28. Are you there? This is the story of Paul. How many believe Paul was a strong man of God? Absolutely. But Paul has had a rough few months. <laughs> by this 28th chapter of Acts. He... Uh, He came to the temple and a whole riot broke out. He was beat up, almost pulled into pieces by the mobs. He was lied on, wound up in jail. He's been in jail for months or longer. He was tied to the whipping post and his clothes stripped off publicly. God delivered him from being beaten (laughs) mercilessly at that particular point. But just think about the humility. He was backhanded across the face in the public arena. He was accused by the most famous lawyers. Brought, dragged in chains in front of kings and governors. Really left, you know, uh, used almost like entertainment before the royals. Left to sit in jail through successive terms of leaders as one came in and another one came out. He was shipped out on the boat with other criminals in chains. He was in a hurricane for weeks. Adrift in the ocean. Marooned on an island. Bitten by a poisonous snake. I don't care who you are. (laughs) After a while, you could feel weary. (laughs) <laughs> Couldn't you? Yeah. And it's at this point in Acts 28 and verse 11. Are you there? Yeah. Acts 28:11. After three months, then we departed in a ship of Alexandria. After all that stuff had happened, verse 12. We landed at Syracuse, stayed there three days. 13. We fetched a compass and came to Regium. Next day to Puteoli. Verse 14, where we found uh, certain, we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days. You think he was glad to see any Christian brothers there? And then we went towards Rome and verse 15, and from thence when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us. Everybody say, came to meet us. They left from where they were and they traveled. It was hard to travel in those days. And they came to meet us as far as the Api Forum and the three taverns whom when Paul saw, he did what? He thanked God and he did what? He took courage. Amplified said he received new courage. When did he receive new courage? What? When he saw them. He saw them coming. And he said, oh, thank God. And he was encouraged and he received new courage. Oh, glory to God. I remember a few years ago, my dad had a massive heart attack. Did y'all see him standing over here the other, the other night? He was dying. He said he was seeing the light. He was leaving his body. The doctor said it was amazing that that he lived through that. They were astounded. And he said in the midst of it, he's dying. He's leaving his body. He can see the other people there around him. He's leaving. And he said, he asked the Lord, Lord, is it time for me to die? And the Lord said, no. You know, a lot of people die before their time. A lot of people leave early and they shouldn't. And he said when he heard that, he started fighting. said he started fighting to live. He was telling me yesterday at lunch, he said, I'm so glad I didn't die. And miss seeing all the things that the Lord's doing for the church. And got to be in the good... See, so many people are robbed of times they should have on the earth. God didn't take them. They left early. They could have fought. Daddy said he started fighting. And he fought... And stayed and came back and lived. Well, when he came back, though, his body had been damaged and everything was, his kidneys didn't want to work and his blood pressure didn't want to come up. He was in the hospital and I I was in a meeting, but I was able to get down there and I flew down there. And man, there was a lot of unbelief around like what we talked about. And we're putting our faith on any, every specific thing. First, we put our faith on that blood pressure and begin to speak to it. And believe for that to come up. Then we put our faith on the kidneys and believe for them to start working. I'm telling you, every day we had a miracle. Every day came back. But after several days of that, you know, you stay up late hours, you're hanging out there in the, in, in the room. It's rough on your flesh. I was feeling weary. You know, you get, you lose enough sleep and you get to the place where you just feel like crying for no reason. Right? I don't care if you're the apostle Paul. Right? I mean, you, enough stuff and you get to where you're just feeling weary and, and spent. And I'll never forget it. Some friends of ours from down there, they come a-walking through the door. Minister friends. And I, it's hard to put into words what it meant to me just to see them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been there? I mean, they, I, I wasn't expecting them to come preach me a message. I wasn't expecting them to come give me do anything. But just them walking in, man, it encouraged me. <laughs> amen. amen. I had, I took new courage and I stood back up on the inside. I thought, yeah, and, and, and they said, can we do anything for you? And they went and bought my mother a dress. She didn't have clothes down there and they went and took some of my family to eat and that encourages. I said, it helps. It encourages. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. Just being there for somebody can encourage them. Speaking words encourages. The Bible said in Proverbs, don't let any corrupt, excuse me, Ephesians, don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying, building up that it may minister grace to the hearers. A word can discourage. A word can take the heart out of somebody. Can it? Especially if they respect you and think a lot of you. A hard word or a bad word from you can just take the soul out of them. Can it? Oh, but the same thing can happen in a positive way. A good word in the right time, in the right season, the right word. The Bible said it's like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. It's a beautiful thing. It's music to the ears. There's been strategic times in my life that, you know, you're just, you're feeling like wavering. You're feeling, you know, and somebody come and just put a hand on your shoulder and said the right thing to you. And, boy, you stood up on the inside. You thought, yeah, yeah, God, me and you, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Yes, we are. And finally, giving encourages, doesn't it? Giving things to people encourages. Let me read this scripture. You don't have to turn there. But in 2 Chronicles 31, 2 Chronicles 31, it says that he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion to the priest and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. There's been times I've been out on the road for weeks at a time and you get tired and I felt weary and I came in and here's all these bills and here's all this stuff and then in, and in the office called and said, Here, you need to see this. Somebody sent me an offering, $50,000. And a letter said, Man, you're doing a good job. Stay with it. Keep up the good work. We believe in you. And they didn't know what that meant to me that day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That day, I needed to hear that. And how many know that those words carried a lot of force with that $50,000 check behind it? Amen. 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 Glory to God. It encourages you. Everybody say encourage. encourage. I've had the Lord deal with me. Fly over there and talk to them and buy them a new suit of clothes and put some money in their hand. And encourage them. Well, I don't care how many box of Kleenexes you are going through. You get your nice new suit on. Amen. Get a good steak in your belly. And somebody telling you they love you and they believe in you for half a day. Well, you just can't help but feel better. Amen. You just, I don't care what's going on. This is the ministry of the believer. This is the call and the witness of every child of God. Can you say amen? And this is your new name, Son of Encouragement. (laughs) I said, that's your new name, Son of Encouragement. And people are going to be glad to see you coming because you always have a good word. And you're liable to give them something. Amen. And they just know that that's how you are and it is the love of God expressed through you. Stand on your feet if you would. I have a lot more here, but that's enough for today. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody encouraged in here today besides me? I'm encouraged. Amen. Amen. I know when I first came here, Phyllis and I first came to Branson, we stayed shut up in the little old room there and prayed and sought God and tried to figure out what was going on with us because we felt like we were uprooted and didn't know which end was up half and... Pray, finally we begin to think we're supposed to be here. We're in Branson. Why? I don't know, but we're supposed to be here. And finally got it settled and, and we went over to, to Jim and, and Kathleen Caseman's. And we sat down with them and we said, we think we're supposed to be here. Brother Jim jumped up and shouted. <laughs> Run around the table. He said, glory to God. When he did that, I thought, yeah, glory to God. (laughs) Encouraged me so much. I had some other people try to discourage me. You know, I won't tell you about that. But then other people, you know, called me on the phone and shouted and and then sent money. Glory to God. I tell you, last week, that $100,000 check encouraged me. It really did. And it's this, this morning. This encourages me. Keith and Phyllis ain't thinking about quitting this morning. <laughs> we ain't thinking about backing off or slacking off or getting out of the ministry or any such silly thing. Nah, no, we're going on big guns for God. Like you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Close your eyes. Pray this out loud with me. Father God, thank you. You are my encourager. You are the strength of my spirit. You are my strength. Help me. Work in me. Cause me to become a strong son of encouragement. Everywhere I go, everybody I meet, everything I'm involved with, through me bring words of encouragement, words of life. Through me bring gifts of encouragement and deeds of encouragement and help me Lord set a watch at the door of my mouth and check me lest I ever say a word that would dishearten somebody help me keep me back from saying or doing any things that would discourage anybody from believing you Trusting you in any way. But I shall be, by your grace, a constant, continual encouragement to all those round about me. It will be thus and so, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.